Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. We are a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living, conscious business, conscious relationships, conscious community, and conscious evolution. Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio. I'm Laurie Seymour from The Baca Journey. And today I'm here with the Groove Coach, Carl Contino. Welcome, Carl. Hello. So nice to be here. Uh, Well, for over 20 years, Carl has been working with people from all walks of life, from the homeless to the famous, and with all ages. He's been coaching since before it was called coaching. Carl has dedicated years to creating a unique and powerful approach he calls life as a wave to help his clients achieve success by bringing together three vital elements, freeing the mind, finding the flow, and living the adventure to the fullest. Something that I'm sure everybody could agree we want for ourselves. His focus is on untapped genius. Welcome, Carl, and I want to ask you, why the Groove Coach? Ooh, love it. Great for his question. (laughs) (laughs) Finding the groove, being in flow, the best way to live my day, without question. And that's in stark contrast to how I've lived most of my life, which is anything but being in flow. Hmm. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I call myself a flow glitched individual. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that before. Yes. (laughs) I made up up the term myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Because, you know, actually, um, truthfully, I have spent most of my life Knowing, knowing what it's like to not be in flow without even realizing it. I mean, you know, from day one, I was brought into this world, first of all, I think about six weeks premature, right? Mm-hmm. And I had some, apparently I had some breathing issues for the first couple of minutes of my life. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, you know, it did set up uh, some interesting challenges for me, um, specifically uh, my cognitive challenges. So... You know, I didn't learn how to talk until I was three. Mm. And, you know, you couldn't even talk to me until I was about eight or nine because I would run and hide in a corner. Mm. So I was brought into this world with a high level of volatility and ultra, ultra sensitive to my environment. And, you know, add to that um, a huge array of different cognitive issues that I've had Uh, including massive dyslexia, where letters and words and sentences will quickly jumble themselves up. And to be able to communicate clearly, especially in written form, has been quite the challenge. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about your parents um, as a parent myself and what that must have been like for them. And how, how were they with all of these challenges that you were experiencing? Well, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, I would often talk to my dad, the doctor, say, hey, there's something not right. My memory, it's just not working. 
and I constantly feel like I'm in a perpetual state of fog, like just not awake, not with it. And, you know, so he would have me go the traditional route. He had me see a variety of doctors and a bunch of tests, and they really didn't find anything definitive. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't know how he processed that and, and, and you know, how he viewed his son with these supposed challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my father, you have to know, he's literally my favorite person on the planet. Mm. love him dearly as a matter of fact he just retired two weeks ago after being a physician for 54 years wow celebration Mm. Uh uh-huh yeah uh love him dearly i I come from a very wonderful family though uh at the same time uh i was um i was impacted by uh, a fairly critical mother Mm -hmm. um and and i think i took on some of uh, where she was coming from. She was an incredible, intelligent, ahead of her time individual. And yet, she was never able to receive a compliment. It's like, now, she, <laughs> she got my uh, Italian grandmother's uh, recipe for sauce and meatballs, right? <laughs> yes. And, 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 and her being 100% Polish, she took this recipe and made it even better. And she was famous for it. And I'd say, Mom, and go, boy, great sauce and meatballs. Wow. And she would say, oh, yeah, well, it's a little too sweet, a little too cheesy. It's like, no, Mom, really amazing. She could never just say, thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was raised that way to uh, basically behave appropriately, um, never talk about yourself, um, and to really not own you know, who I am as an individual and what I bring to this world. And that's changing for me. I've been extra bold these days. Um, by the way, this, the theme of this year for me is participation in visibility. Because Ooh, I love it. That's a great theme to have. It so is. How is, that, how is that impacting how you do your day? Ooh, wow. Okay, so I call myself a cave dweller. Uh-huh. And I'm quite good at it. <laughs> you love your cave? Or do, is your cave confining? I, you know what? Um, I love my cave. I will forever have it to come back to. But I'll tell you what. Um, you know, I spent most of my existence hiding from the world because, you know what? I did not want you to know about my cognitive challenges. Uh, I didn't want you to know that I thought that there was something wrong with me fundamentally and that I was broken, needed to be fixed. And the worst thing that could ever happen is to be seen as such. Mm -hmm. So being seen for you in any way meant that that would be what was seen. Yes. And, you know, being a musician for a number of decades, I pursued my number one passion when I picked up uh, the guitar at age six. I uh, dedicated many years to that pursuit. I went to three different music schools. And out of all three music schools, I only got the nerve to get up on stage three times. Mm, Okay. That's the degree that I have hidden from this world. Yes. And now? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've on my wall here. I've got a little sign that says "Be your Carlness." 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah. You know, glitches and all, just as is. And just show up to the world mm-hmm. as is. Uh, and I'll tell you, after you know, spending decades trying to fix me and get to the source of my problems and whatnot. You know, I read over 300 books on personal growth, spirituality, health and nutrition, you name it, right? I've taken countless seminars from Tony Robbins to Landmark Education, the forum and everything in between. Loved it all. Great stuff, right? But I realized that after all that, I was just as stuck as ever And I realized at one point that there was a paradoxical trap I found myself in, that the more I tried to fix and change myself, the more identified I became with those parts about me. So it was like an endless loop of trying Mm -hmm. to fix. And then when I realized like, okay, I give up, I surrender, it just cannot be done. And here I am as is, and I'm finding out, oh, being in my carlness, it's just perfect. That's so, I love that because something that I, that has impacted everything for me in my life is the understanding and the appreciation that we don't have to be healed forever. We don't have to take that path because there is such a thing as, okay, oh, I've I've healed that. I've, I've become whatever. I am whatever. And I am. I don't have to do anything about that except to be out with who I am, be revealed within who I am. Yes, and when that when I'm willing to do that, which I am in a big way these days, mm-hmm. I have to tell you about this this coaching challenge that mm-hmm. I'm doing here. Um, but yeah, you know what? When I'm just visible, being me as is, I find out that people can relate. Mm-hmm. And that I'm not alone and that they're not alone and that there's somebody else out there who gets them. And so my willingness to be visible is not only a gift to myself, but potentially, you know, a source of maybe a little inspiration for others. Sure. And, and who's to say what normal is, what <laughs> is, you know, all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, tell, tell us a little about that coaching challenge. You you dropped that in, and uh, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So for the past couple of weeks, I've been on an impossible mission, and these days <laughs> I'm really loving the notion of an impossible mission or goal. Mm-hmm. And that mission is to schedule 100 two-hour free coaching conversations in the next 30 days. And wow. Yeah. Um, like, there's no way I can do that. We're going to have to get this uh, podcast up quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I've only got 30 scheduled so far. Okay. I've had uh, 20 conversations so far. And here's the deal. You know, um, I love the notion that life is too serious to take seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I have been willing to play a game with the most important things to, uh, to my life. And so I'm approaching this challenge as if it's a game. And now with this game, the mission is very, very, very simple. Be of service. Show up to the call, 100% all of me on that call. Mm-hmm. With the intention and invitation to have a conversation that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. That's the game. 
And playing that game has, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in shock and awe at the incredible people that I've been connecting with, the opportunities that are just naturally and organically taking shape instead of like, you know, I've been a coach for decades and I've been in the perpetual pursuit of trying to get clients and, you know, okay, here's this three-step magic formula to getting all the clients you'd ever need. Mm -hmm. Oh, make sure you sign up by twelve o'clock tonight. Otherwise, it goes away. And uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there's there's great stuff out there. There's no question about it. But, but it's out there, and this is in you. Thank you. Perfect distinction. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. So this game for me, I put all that stuff to the side, and I just show up for the call to being of service. Let's see where the journey takes us, and it's just amazing what happens every time. Do you know what I'm struck with in listening to you say this, Carl, is that on the one hand, that sounds like an incredible set of expectations to have the most memorable conversation, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel no expectation. There's no energy of expectation in your voice, in your, in your being. And that is so freeing for both you and whoever it is that you're going to be speaking with. <sighs> that's what i feel is just one big sigh like Mm -hmm. and just it just puts everything to the side and it's just about having a conversation yeah and that leaves and that leaves the the energy of freedom (laughs) of creativity to come in because there's no other agenda on the table Yes. And you know, my favorite thing about playing guitar was improvising jazz solos. I wanted to be the next George Benson. He's got a (laughs) that I just dig, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, with my flow glitch, uh, one way to uh, describe it is I have like a Tourette's syndrome kind of flinch in me where one part of my mind that I like to call the controller tries to grab the reins of the other part of the mind that I simply like to call the flower, who infinitely capable of being in flow and having a fluency of expression. So I would say that if I play the most simplistic song you could ever imagine, now listen, I dedicated years and years and hundreds of hours to this pursuit with the guitar, right? And at times I was practicing 10 to 12 hours every day. Wow. And I had a strap around my back and around my chest to keep me up. And I was taught that, oh, if you work hard, if you have discipline and you sacrifice and you keep practicing, you're going to get better. That's how you're going to be a success. Well, you know what? In my case, it's just the opposite. The more I practice and work at things, the worse the, the, the Tourette syndrome little flinch happens. And I, I could play the most simplistic blues chord progression. And by the end of that song, I will have made probably close to a hundred little tiny errors because of that little thing pulling me out of flow. And so now in contrast, you know, as we're talking right now, uh, we're improvising Mm -hmm. and I'm experiencing more flow and fluency in my improvising way beyond anything that I was uh, thought I was capable of. So it's a pure joy. You know what, what I'm struck with is that, for you, it's been uh, a cognitive challenge, a cognitive glitch, as you've yes. expressed it. Yep. But as I'm listening to you, I also hear that for all of us, whatever the pattern is, 
we have that glitch or we've had that glitch. For me, it was self-doubt. Mm. Um, that was my glitch that kept me out of flow. When I could just be free and just there and, and not think about, is this okay? Is this not okay? Is this right? Not, all of that. Yep. The flow is there. For other people, I know it is control. You know, we're needing to control everything, having it to be just so. And, and there are, you know, dozens of patterns that we could speak to that are a, a glitch, a flow glitch. Yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. And here's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, first of all, uh, a little bit, bit more about my story. Now, in between the three music schools I went to, um, I studied electrical and computer engineering for four years. Mm-hmm. It was never to do it for a profession. It was actually to find out how stuff works and to get stuff to work. I am a curiosity-driven person from day <laughs> one. When I was a little boy and I'd be tearing apart my toys trying to get to the heart of how does this stuff uh-huh. work, right? So I dedicated four years of study uh, in electrical engineering with the sole purpose of getting stuff to work. And so my senior year, um, you know the caller ID yes. thing on their phone, right? Well, I thought, you know, you still have to get up off the couch to find out who's calling. So I invented a talking caller ID so it'll just speak out, hey, your grandma's calling. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I hated tuning my guitar. So I invented an automatic guitar tuner where you hook it up to the guitar with a little motor thing and you strum the strings, hit a button, and two seconds later, blah, 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 it's all. <laughs> I need those. Oh. <laughs> you see, I mean, and that was it for me. Yeah. I was done. Now, unfortunately for my dad, <laughs> at the time, he was thrilled. He was thrilled that finally his, his boy is going to have a nice steady income yeah. and a career, right? It's like, um, Dad, um, well, I hate to say this, but I'm going back out to California to study world percussion this time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, you know, you know you, I might not have told you this, that I spent a number of years uh, in the engineering field going from psychotherapy and a, being a spiritual teacher into a technical engineer, as a technical engineer, without wow. going to school, without doing any training, kind of leaping wow. in, uh, sort of sight unseen. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> you know, and, and you never know where a path is going to take us, but I'll tell you, I have followed my uh, current passion every step of the way, and I could not have planned this journey. I could not imagine having a better path, no matter how challenging it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, with, with, with my life's work, the, the life as a wave, what I've done is I took principles of rhythm that I learned in drumming specifically. Mm-hmm. I studied world percussion. I studied djembe, conga, timbales, tabla drums. Loved it all. I mean, just the culture, the Afro-Cuban, African, Brazilian, love it all. But it turns out there are certain principles of rhythm that uh, affect the human experience, given the fact that we're based on rhythms and patterns, mm-hmm. and cycles, mm-hmm. right, from our heart to the seasons of the, the year, that type of thing, right? So we can use rhythm to help get into flow, not only in uh, the everyday, but also with the things that are most important to us, right? So there's one facet, principles of rhythm. Then, when I was studying engineering, I studied the nature of waves, 
all kinds of waves from, you know, ocean waves to signals, right? Mm -hmm. my voice. And there are a couple of principles that I brought into the picture that actually affect um, the whole picture and game at play with Life is a Wave, which as you had mentioned in the opening, it's all about finding the flow. Mm -hmm. And in the process, freeing the mind, too, so that we can live our adventure to the fullest, whatever that means for somebody, right? So I brought that in. Then um, what I've learned through working through my cognitive glitches. And then finally, my number one source of inspiration is the natural world. There is nothing better than nature as an example of creating new life. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, the fundamental, now I, I think I got a couple hundred different distinctions and principles built into life as a wave, but they all reside on one simple premise. That when I asked myself one day, what does life itself want? At the most basic level, again, in the natural world, what is, what's, it, what's it looking for? And the answer I came up with is, well, life wants one thing. It wants to have more life. It wants to move, it wants to grow, expand, become more. And it's looking for conduits of flow, like through you and me, through our yes. bodies. Yes. Mm -hmm. Through our dreams and our pursuit of those. And also through our challenges and working through those challenges, just like nature does. I love the notion that, you know, it does, I don't think nature has a problem with problems. Storm, <laughs> fires, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and if I take a look at dirt, what is dirt? Well, it's a bunch of rotten decay, basically. Yeah. But out of dirt. Yeah, you plant a seed, create the right environment, and you, that dirt turns into fuel for new growth. Exactly. And so if nature can do it, I can do it. And Two years ago, I was reminded of how powerful of a, of a position that this can be. A um, couple of years ago, I got into a ski accident. I was going down this hill, last run of the day, straight down, 40 miles per hour, like my app was telling me, and there's this hump at the very bottom of the hill that I love going down. And I, I, I go off of the jump, but I bend my knees so I don't go too high, right? Mm -hmm. Well, on this one particular day, there was six inches of powder and pure ice underneath. I did not know this. Ooh. Yeah. So as I was going off the jump, I slipped and the, the reaction was to push off. So I ended up about 25 feet in the air and I was falling backwards thinking, what? what the, the, what's going on here? I, it just didn't compute. Mm -hmm. And then my back hit the ground, flat ice. And I ended up breaking my left shoulder. I broke all my ribs on the left-hand side, punctured my lung. I broke and dislocated my hip and a bunch of other stuff. Ugh. So there I am. You did, a, you did a good job. Oh, I did. I really did. And, you know, the irony is, is that I, was, I had just gone up the chairlift with four ski patrol guys. And I was saying, you know, I've been skiing since I was four years old. I can ski better. I walk and talk. And I've never been injured. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they were still around and they had their journey with them. Well, yeah. Well, here's, here's what happens though. Um, so they're checking me out. And they see that I'm pretty busted up. So, okay, we're going to have to get you a helicopter to fly you to the, the hospital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so while I was uh, waiting for the helicopter, I remembered something that I'm always talking about in, in, in the coaching realm, which is reframe, reframe it. And now listen, 
whenever I'm in a, a, an experience and I have an emotional response, I have to honor that at least for a little bit because I'm human and I mm-hmm. never want to stuff my emotions. If I'm angry, tired, scared, whatever it happens whatever. to be, I'll be there for a little bit. But at, mm-hmm. whenever it feels right and if I feel like it, then I'm going to go into creative mode. Mm-hmm. How can I use this as, just like nature does, fuel for new growth? So I ask myself a few fundamental reframe questions. What's the opportunity here? What can I do with this? And what do I like about this? Wonderful. Okay. So yeah. now, now, again, I have to say, that might sound a little crazy. Say, what do I like about being in a ski accident? I mean, that, 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 that's a crazy No, no, no. no. I mean, no, it, it, it is if you think of just that one dimension, but you're going from a multi-dimension perspective. Yes. And you're so, going for a big picture. Yeah, and so when, when the, the helicopter arrived and they're, and they're putting me into the helicopter, I said, okay, what's one thing that I like about this? And I said, well, <laughs> I've always wanted to be on a, go for a helicopter ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, great. And, and I did enjoy the ride as I peeked through the little window and stuff. And, you know, it set a nice tone, right? And then while I was in the helicopter, um, the paramedics were taking care of me. And the second thing I liked about the situation was – is that I got to see firsthand what people who are trained to take care of people like me in this situation, the value that they bring. And I felt so much gratitude and appreciation for that. Like for real, like, wow, I'm being taken care of. (gasps) Wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then when I got to the hospital, I spent a month there, then three months in a wheelchair. And I just continued to build the list. By the time I left the hospital, I had a list of 30 different things. And I was known as the most positive patient in the hospital. Maybe the most delusional too, but... (laughs) Hey, I'd rather be positive and delusional than... Uh, Than a victim. Than a victim. victim. Exactly. Yeah. Just which delusional on its own. Yeah. and, And, you know, in the very least, what it can do for me is... um. I'll suffer a little less. Mm-hmm. I'll be a little bit less of a victim, in the very least. Now, the best case scenario is, just like that fuel for new growth, I can turn this experience into many, many new creations. And so here's how I did it. Uh, an, my favorite thing that I got out of the, the, that experience was it woke me up out of any kind of complacency I had in my life. And, uh, you know, taking my health for granted because mm-hmm. I had an Italian, my Italian grandma, she always said, hey, Carla, if you got your health, you got everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, grandma. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I hear you. Okay, okay. Well, she's right. And so when I was recovering from the accident, um, things didn't go so well. Um, I've got a torn labrum won't in my head. Oh, me too. Oh, I have a torn oh. labrum in my shoulder from a ski accident. Oh, really? <laughs> Wild. Ah. And so, you know, labrums, they're avascular. They have a hard time healing. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to do surgery, and I saw four su- surgeons, and I was none too pleased with the potential outcome. So, no. But, you know, I've got also an autoimmune situation called benign fasciculation syndrome, BFS. And that's basically where my muscles twitch and buzz and cramp, and then I get inflamed joints. And so, you know, I start to feel helpless and like a victim in this situation again. It's like, well, geez, what do I do here? What can I do? So I came up with the idea of exercising every single day for a minimum of 30 minutes 
for seven days. I don't care how I feel. I don't care how busy I am. I'm going to be careful. I'll be gentle, but I'm mm-hmm. going to do it every single day. So I did it for seven days. I said, okay, fantastic. You know what? Let's do it for 30 days. So we, I did it for 30 days, every single day. That felt great. I said, all right, let's do 90 days. So I did 90 days. Then I did another 90 and another. You like these challenges. Right? <laughs> well, before our call today, I just did day 745. Wow. Wow. Now, but tell me, how is your body feeling? Well, all right. So I am more flexible than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am strong. For 50 years old, I feel strong. Uh, I lost 65 pounds. I'm now 167, which I haven't been since I was 18 years old. But most importantly for me, it's a foundation that no matter what's going on in my life, I have that. You know, the weird ironic twist is, is that I need zero discipline to do this. It's a done deal Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. day. Wow. That's one really poignant example for me personally where I can take a very challenging situation, use it for, as fuel for new growth, and create many things from it. Because whenever I share this story, you know, people uh, might get a little inspired and say, wow, if he can do it, maybe I can. You know? Right, right, absolutely. So there you go. Well, we're coming up to the end, but I do want to ask you one more thing. Um, pro- well, I want to probably ask you six more things, but... I'm going to limit myself to this. Um, You, on your website and and, in materials that that I've seen, you talk about untapped genius. Uh, Do you you like me feel that we all have untapped genius within us? Absolutely. It is not a philosophy or even a place to come from as far as I'm concerned. It is an absolute statement of fact. Mm -hmm. I don't care what my mind tells me in terms of perceived limits and whatnot. No. So my, my, my business is called untapped genius for a reason. It is not in reference to the rare talent or the Einsteins of the world. No, it actually refers to the built in abilities of the mind and body and built in life itself. One of them being the ability to be in flow. And so, you know, when I say to a, a, a friend or a client or whoever, you are amazing, I can say that with deep conviction and that when I can shine a little light on these built-in abilities, like look at what's inside you, look at what you're capable of doing, and then tapping into those abilities so that you can better do whatever you're here to do, mm-hmm. yeah, you are amazing. That's wow. what this is about. Wow. Thank you, Carl. And you know what? You are amazing. Oof. Chills up and down my spine just now. So how can people connect with you? Would you let people know the best way to reach out to you? Well, yeah. Um, if you go to thegroovecoach.com, there's a green button. You'll see a picture of uh, me with my pooch, my black lab, Sophia, the lead coach, of course. Of course. Yeah, you'll see a green button that will take you to the invite page for the 100 coaching call challenge and you can uh, watch my little video there and then click on the green button there to get to my online calendar for a free session wonderful 
And, and I know you have, I, I want to make mention of this really quickly, that you also have um, an untapped genius program for young minds. That's for teens and young adults. Yes. And because that's something that's a big passion for me, I wanted to make mention of that. Um, so lots, lots to explore and lots that you are offering. Uh, I appreciate it deeply, Carl. I appreciated our time together. Yeah. Oh, me too. This was big time fun. I cannot believe the 30 minutes are up already. Oh, boy. Probably more than that, but that's okay. <laughs> We've got to do this again. Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank, thank you, Carl. Take care. This is Laurie Seymour and thanks for listening. You can find all the wisdom talk radio shows on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here at wisdom talk radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. <laughs>